0: Dave's been inspired, by the way, working the last couple of years with um, the Good News Gals and all the Christian, you know, uh, hosts that w- roam the hallways here at Crawford, and so he started writing, which has been a dream of his, and he also started his hot sauce business, which is very good. Since we dr- we ate drank, you tried, tried ate half you drank of the it? green one, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, did you drink it? Yeah,
3: yeah
4: <laughs> <drank>. <laughs> <laughs> It It's pretty
0: good. And my kids were like, oh, it's gonna be too hot. It wasn't. It was the green one. Right, right. Yeah. It's kind of
5: medium hot, but it has. Really Really good flavor
0: yeah really good it's so a good job for you
6: my daughter has she's it's been done. eating it and half of the bottle is gone yeah <laughs> ours too i'm like
2: you need to slow down girl
6: <laughs>
5: that's so funny she puts on potato
2: chips hot sauce increases your metabolism by ten percent yeah and oh. capsaicin actually
5: releases mm. dopamine in your brain and makes you feel better mm-hmm. oh. that's so I that's like why people so that you much. see eating really spicy food that their faces turn kind of red and they yeah. always get really giggly <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because it releases dopamine and it makes you actually feel better.
0: My dad would eat such hot food when I was a kid that he would sweat, mm-hmm. it would come That's dripping I am. down his face. That's so crazy. It makes me to giggly. Me. I'm like,
5: ah, he, oh, yeah, oh, he, oh he. <laughs> <So>
0: <laughs> Funny.
3: <laughs>
4: All right,
0: so I've got a, a good story. So, good news gals are here a Jennifer, Donna, Cindy, Monique, and Michelle. Uh, And I've got a story. This is um, a comedian who's a clean comedian, but he's been on a lot of the good late night shows and I've interviewed him a couple times and I've seen him perform live. He's really good. His name is Michael Jr. But he talked about how he's the one that I've quoted many times about like it's not a gift unless you give it away. So if you have this great gift and you keep it at your house and you're lazy boy and you don't go out and share it with the world, is it really a gift? Like, oh, I'm a great singer and I just sing by myself in my living room. Or you know, I'm really great at you know doing such and such, and other people would really enjoy this. But I'm not a people person, so I stay home. I remember what my pastor saying: what if you're not a people person, what are you doing here? You know, like uh, Jesus wants you to be a people person. I'm not saying get out of your comfort zone, but there's got to be a way for you to share your gift with others. And Michael Jr. talked about getting laughs from people, and then he realized there was a shift for him that the turning point was that he realized it was giving laughter to people and then he started ministering to people through laughter and uh... i, I admire him too because he stayed clean and it, i think it's like an easy cheap out to get like the laugh with like dirty language and so many comedians you know, get their laughter through using you know Bad language and cursing, and he definitely doesn't. In fact, I saw him perform at a church. So here's his story, and then we can discuss it and see, you know, what we think, because we've been talking a little bit this week about, you know, um, giving to others and uh, whatever that means for you, um, and for everyone, it's different because we have different gifts.
1: People ask me all the time, Michael, what was your big break? Our next guest has performed on Comedy Central's Premium Blend. He made his first appearance on The Tonight Show from the Montreal Comedy Festival. You've seen him
6: on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno.
1: That wasn't a big break. The big break was at a club. And right before I got on stage, I had a change in mindset about comedy. Normally, when a comedian gets on stage, he wants to get laughs from people. And I felt a little shift take place where I felt like I was to go up there and give them an opportunity to laugh. Now I'm not looking to take. I'm looking for an opportunity to give. This changed everything. My name is Michael Jr. I'm gonna do some jokes. An ultrasounds come in color now, which is ridiculous. I know it's a black baby. <laughs> it better be a black baby. I leave the club that night, and there's all these people giving me hugs and high fives, telling me their favorite jokes. Then I look across the street and I saw a homeless guy. And I thought to myself, what about him? Most comedy, most jokes are set up. My son, four years old, looks at me out of nowhere. He says, Dad, I want to be a doctor. I was like, yes, yes. And then a punchline. Then he said, or a dinosaur. I understand that me doing comedy and doing all of these TV shows and making all these people laugh is really just a setup. My punchline is to make laughter commonplace in uncommon places. We go to Montrose, Colorado, a place called the Dolphin House. They take care of children who are being abused by their parents. And this grandmother explains to me that her um, grandson is being abused by his mom. He's so afraid of his mom that everywhere he goes he wears a Spider-Man costume. So I get on stage, sitting right up front, Spider-Man. I start doing comedy. People start laughing, slowly but surely. Probably about 25 minutes into it, I hear a voice, and the voice says, my name is Ronan. And this little boy pulls off his mask. And it was one of the most powerful moments in my entire comedy career. Here's the deal. If we could just stop asking the question, what could I get for myself? and start asking the question, what can I give from myself? I think people would learn that you don't have to be a comedian to deliver a punchline. It's really what I want to get across to people. And I think I just did. I looked at the camera again. I don't know if I was supposed to do that. <laughs> Anything else you can think of? Yeah, I'm gonna say it right now. <laughs> You've been set up. You in the setup. Be the punchline. going to walk off dramatically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he did a documentary then where he actually did comedy in places like shelters for abused families and children and, uh, and also for in like homeless shelters. So then he went to give comedy to the people who don't get comedy. Mm. And I just thought that was amazing. And he's a Christian Mm. and which is, I think fairly unusual in the comedy world. And I just thought he was super neat when I interviewed him and when I got to go see him. Um, I think he's really talented and maybe would go further in the secular world if he embraced maybe what some of the other comedians embrace. But he's gone a different route, you know, where he's really turned it into like a ministry. And he does a lot of um, comedy in churches. And I, that was, again, on that website that I've talked to you guys about this week called I Like Giving. And that was I Like Laughing And then we heard the I Like Bike that started Brad and his family on that whole route of that website I Like Giving and the book I Like Giving. And it might give you some ideas reading some of the stories on the website about what, you know, how different people like to give. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. My family, we were just on a cruise recently. And uh, at the cruises, they have these shows and they're comedians. And I almost walked out. Pretty dirty. Yes. One of my friends does those. mean
0: really mean spirit like well we saw that guess, correspondence dinner recently that was super mean
3: yes I don't I don't know um <coughs> I just I feel so blessed we had such a great relationship with Jerry Lewis before he passed and like he was funny and he wasn't dirty and he wasn't like he was slapstick comedy like real the real deal comedy and I think it's we we got to meet um, like carrot top and a lot of because they were at his funeral but um, gosh, now I can't remember the other guy that was a comedian there at, that spoke at his funeral and he was funny, but he wasn't dirty and it was just, um, it was, it's, it's, fr- that's refreshing. Michael Jr. is refreshing to me because comedy doesn't have to be icky.
5: He's got this bit about how it's okay to laugh in church. It's the funniest bit. Oh, um, so when I love the he talks about th- praying
0: for your neighbors. Like I want to pray for my neighbor. I don't even know my <laughs> yeah, neighbor. <it's-> <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pray for my neighbor.
5: I just think he's so funny. That was the first bit I ever heard. and I like. I don't know. I like telling the, the <laughs> church jokes, you know, the guys talk about how silly church can actually be. It doesn't have to be all serious. Yeah. Right.
7: Oh, yes. how funny. And I think it's a lost art. Like, David and I were watching, you know, I Love Lucy and uh, Three's mm-hmm. Company, like some of these old sitcoms, and they're like clean, fun, that's funny. Yeah. And then we see some of the current ones, and it's all about and innuendo. innuendo you Mocking
0: know. the man. Yes. What a doofus the dad is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then the innuendo that's so sexual that it's not really veiled even you're like oh yes
7: yeah it's definitely a lost art certainly but to follow up on that you know giving can be something small too i just took um, a listing in parker a little condo And the owner was so excited to share about this complex. And he had said years ago, he bought it in the downturn. The HOA was not paying attention to the grounds. And he went and planted a bunch of trees around the complex. Now, you know, you usually can't do this, right? Because the HOA would be like, "Mm, nope, this is our domain but they were so short on funds, they couldn't do anything. And this guy came in and he started planting trees and these trees are now 10 years old. So he had to show me around the complex, like I planted this one and this one. And so it could be something as easy as planting trees and doing something simple that makes such a difference for the complex, for the HOA, for the homeowners, for everybody, but it was a simple giving. Mm -hmm. Yes, for the environment, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that was fun to watch. That's cool. Yeah.
0: I think we mentioned uh, too yesterday when we were talking about the family that got bikes for the immigrant family family who got to work on their bikes and they were stolen, um, that, that the need sometimes is so close to home that you miss it and that you oftentimes feel someone else has done it But, you know, being kind to others can be so simple in everyday life. And I think that we're so busy, we are blinded to the opportunities. I think about the former owner of our home. um, You were talking about being, you know, we bought the home a year ago. And I'm still in touch with the owner. And she asked if she could come over and get some, um, dig up a couple of parts of the plants that were from her husband's hometown because they built the house 30 years ago. And so she came over. And I know it was really hard for her to sell the house to us. And they had five offers. And I, I had given them a letter and a picture of our family and explained what I loved about their home. And he said, and I've never seen her cry since, but he said that she started to cry when she read the letter. And they could have done a bidding war, but they didn't. And he goes, I'm not going to do a bidding war. He's like a handshake deal guy. So anyway, we're in the backyard, and I was talking to her about playing baseball with my son in the backyard and I was shagging balls and my husband was pitching and since we have two and a half acres in the backyard, I was telling her how cool it is that we can hit baseballs and he can actually hit in the backyard. And I said, it was just a neat moment, I said, because I'm looking at the house and it's so beautiful and you guys did such a good job on, I still call it her house. Um, and I said, you know, when I look back on my childhood, I never thought I'd have this life with this husband and, you know, that there's no violence and there's no cursing and there's no alcohol and there's no drugs and and we have this beautiful home, you know, and this. Beautiful Beautiful life and I'm out there shagging balls for my kid. And I said, and then I started to cry a little bit. And she said, It made it all worthwhile
7: for oh, her. That's oh, that's wonderful. Beautiful. Yes, absolutely. To her heart. It those, did speak those to love her Love letters heart. get me
0: every time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, le- I cry. Know, the, the, the real estate love letters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be
4: with my clients. Here's all your letters.
0: <laughs> this one, and you've read them all
4: yes it's terrible
0: hilarious <laughs> oh. yeah i think that that got you know, us the house
4: yeah i'm yes, sure it, it did it worked. it will get you the house it yes. does work sometimes people will be like stop that's enough these people right here yes we i know had, we had clients who uh they, this lady wanted to buy the house and she grew up on the block her wow. parents were four houses down so how are you gonna be like you know i want to pick these other ones no you know what i mean no they're like no i want you to have your first b- child in five months down the street from your parents. Yes, you know? absolutely. They, they always get me every single time. We, I
7: got one that was um, from somebody serving our country, and it was oh, a VA yeah. loan. And so, you know, we talked about it, and I said, I'm all for our vets, and they're mm-hmm. serving our country. But they wrote this heartfelt letter that says, Hey, we're out on the battle lines, you know, fighting for our country, and we've lost a bunch of offers, and we just want a home for our family. Can you help us? And I'm, yeah. I was like, Michelle, this one right here, <laughs> you know. Wow. Not telling you what to do, just you know, this Thank is my. You, good. Take but, yeah. yeah, take a look here.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I send her pictures okay. like when certain flowers come up that they you know, some were from his hometown that he brought back and all uh, or I went through like with a pen and pencil through the yard about what I needed to do and she was getting parts of the plants and then she's like, Can I snip off some of the bush limbs? And I was like, Well, how do you grow those? And she explained the whole process to me. And I, and I was, I love these rocks that are covered in moss, mm-hmm. you know, moss they're right like right the up. the ones from like up in the mountains, mm-hmm. and I'm like, where did he get, and she goes, oh, he goes back to his hometown, and there's a certain place he goes, I said, do you want some, she goes, oh no, he's going back to get me some more, <laughs> and it was just so neat to kind of get to go through the yard again with her and get advice and ideas and stuff, and then she'll write to me, we share pictures, and she'll write and say, well, I heard about the tree, and here's how you can save it, and I went and it took a class at the Denver Botanic Gardens or whatever, and she'll give me info on how to save a tree that might have a beetle or something oh, in it, you know? Cool
7: as that. Cool. Cool. I always say, real estate is about relationships. It yeah. is, and I love it's how emotional you, yeah. it is. It really is because
0: people are attached to their house. They
4: yes. Are. And to this day, anytime I do any work in, like especially outside, because the previous owner had a big, big time green thumb. But anytime I do anything out there, I feel like I got to do her justice because yeah. she worked so hard in that lawn for 20 years. So I always wanted to look nice, and and Me she's too. still best friends with. My next door neighbors, so I know she sees it. I it. Like look.
7: She's Val. peeking oh, over, like, funny. yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> taking
3: pictures at night. Yeah, well, I'll my, be like, What
4: did Val say about my yard? Is yes. she okay with this? Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> well, my
0: husband had gotten out with like the sawzall, not like it wasn't, and he wanted to take down the, all these bushes in plant, the planter, and I didn't want to, and I lost the battle. And so, like, I stopped her in the front yard. I said, I just want to talk to you about something. <laughs> um, I lost the battle with the planter, and she goes, That's okay, it's your house. And I was like glad that she wasn't all disappointed or didn't want like you know part of the bushes you know yeah, yeah. but yeah he just we, they got in there with like a mini chainsaw and like sawed it all down oh my gosh
3: so, so this saturday is our uh, 28th anniversary oh my gosh and so for the tw- our 25th i remember we we've had five homes built and so we took the day and we went, we drove to all of our oh, houses no <laughs> way. and took pictures. I was with you on your
0: 20th. Remember, we went up for Faith's um, yes, baptism and we yes. were up in the mountains and one of you made the other one a little handmade picture frame. Yes, it was Remember? me, I yeah. guess.
3: <laughs> a little love with red and white.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Aww, yes. At the craft shop. Sh- at the craft at the shop.
3: shop. <laughs> it's it's a,
6: the Rockies. Rockies. So you drove to every house. That's really cool. Yeah, I took
3: pictures of every
6: house and yeah. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm. That, my, ber- my, um, I'm talking about my birthday. <laughs> 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 Look, I'm thinking about birthday gifts. <laughs> what's your birthday? You? Yeah. June fifth. All June 5th. right, coming yes. up. Write it down. Write it down. down. <laughs> oh,
0: huh. That's right by Riley's. Riley's oh, birthday okay. is right by yours. Yeah.
6: But my anniversary, Miss Jen, is on Friday. It is. Aww. So every year, Andre likes to watch our wedding tape. No way. It's on CD. It's so he, made, mm-hmm. he went and got a convert it converted to hilarious. CD. hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yesterday, we were watching it. I'm like, Andre, are we going to watch it today? Because I have a lot of stuff to do. I was <laughs> yes. like, no, I want to watch it today. And yes. he was sitting there watching it. And Aww. then I saw him smiling. And then I was like, OK, I'll sit here. And watch it, mm-hmm. but then I was looking at how small I was. I was like, I don't want to watch that video. <laughs> I don't watch it anymore. Hey, you gave him those three beautiful
3: girls, that is so hilarious. That's what I do on Mother's Day, um, is watch my birthday. Birth of our son, oh. and all these pictures or videos of him when he was little. I was bawling on Mother's that Day. That is
0: hilarious. Well, Riley almost died, but since he was my first, I didn't know that mm-hmm. he wasn't supposed to be that blue and they weren't supposed to all be running over to him. <laughs> mm. So that the doctor's singing, Happy Birthday to you. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> happy birthday. I have no idea they're reviving him. They're <laughs> they were trying to distract yes. you, yes. exactly, yes. exactly, with the happy birthday song. Although he delivered Mm. all three of them and he sang I'd C-sections. So I'm all whooped up on whatever. So I'm singing along every time. But I didn't realize mm. that, you know, he wasn't breathing. He was so purple. So I don't like seeing that video again. No. He thinks it's fascinating. No. I uh, went was baby. like a blueberry. Oh God! I'm on
5: YouTube about seven seconds after I was born. I don't know if that's you guys know sweet. that. Yeah, my birth. Uh, you don't really see the birth, but but you yeah. Know, no. And it was from an eight millimeter film because oh, that's how long yeah. ago. Oh yeah, super You know it, baby. Super eight. In the eight. '70s, yeah. <laughs> so uh, wow.
0: well, how did that get on YouTube? My mom
5: put it up there because she's. <laughs> uh, mom, uh, YouTube. You know, I want. I want the link. Sharing it. Funny. Sharing her family and sharing her love. So yeah, yeah it's funny. Wow. I perfect. know
0: grandpa's get my um, my father in law is getting all like using slang and lingo and abbreviations like on his <laughs> LOL.
3: LOL. Yeah, what
6: like, are you what doing? Yeah, lo- and memes and stuff. Yeah, I, like, my daughters always teach me, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to text like that. <laughs> <laughs> How and like, like, no, and punctuation. Mama, you don't have to type out the whole word. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs>
5: I I have complete conversations and gifts, gifts only. Really? Yeah, the little moving pictures.
6: Oh, really? Grandpa
4: does that. (laughs) I had this client once who used so many emojis all the time that I became addicted to them, and now I use them all the time. And my kids are like, Mom, you use more emojis than me, and then Andy's like, "You can't be an adult and have you know professional and use all those happy faces and all of your." Own. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can. And, that I, and so... that's what I tell my girl. You girls. be you, I'm like, Michelle. You be you. I love you, it. What, I
6: love it. If I do it with you guys, then when I'm really talking to somebody, I'll get so used to doing it. And <laughs> happy the person, face. Yeah, about a about business, and the person will be like, "What in the world?" <laughs> no, I don't want to do business. <laughs> That is hilarious. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) There is this one video that Andy has, well, that's up, with Andy holding Sienna when she was like a year old, and he's doing an interview after a game. And you can see her little chubby face just like, like Oh, cute. That Looking side to side. It is the cutest thing ever. So I'm all cute. about reminiscing of the mm-hmm. pictures and the videos. Yeah,
0: me too. To me too. It, 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 it is fun. <laughs> I love when those memories pop up on, on
7: Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. All right. Hey, if you want to get in touch with any of the good news, gals or myself, AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. We'll be right back.
1: 303-238-JANE You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need Furniture, small, big Medium uh, Yep, absolutely
0: uh, Small, big, medium yes, They'll ma'am. bring the truck right on over What's yes, the ma'am. number?
1: 303 jane
0: Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house 303-238-JANE yes, 303-238-Jane. Yes, 303-238-JANE ArcDrift.org Does sure. Arc make you feel special?
6: Oh yeah, absolutely
0: I thought so The are special ArcDrift.org As, As are you, man As are you Do you love working for Ark? I (laughs) love Ark. Oh, my goodness, you are about to be blessed. Arlene Pellicane, you hear, you've hear? you heard her numerous times if you listen to Focus on the Family. She has several books, including 31 Days to a Happy Husband. And she's got one to make wives happy as well and how to look younger. She's got it all. Uh, hello, Arlene. Hello. It's good to talk with you. Okay, so you and I speak a lot. We've become radio friends. And I have to just tell you, another one of my girlfriends, Robbie Yopes, she has a marriage ministry. So she also speaks about... Uh, uh, you know, Christian marriages and families and how to, you know, have yeah. fun and love each other, keep it fresh. I just want to share with you that last week she did share a lizard story. She said there's lizards in Florida, and when these lizards get cold, they fall from the three, tree with a, a thump, like thud, thud, When it when it gets chilly, right? And she said yep. that's what we wives do when our husbands bring up boring topics, and that's what they do to us, <laughs> that we just go thud. It's almost like we go to sleep and our heads thud, like our brain freezes like a lizard, and we don't listen. And so I know that's a big – I just thought that was hilarious. Cause that's very
9: funny. <laughs> you can tell your spouse, I'm getting very cold like the lizard, and I'm about to fall off out of the tree. Because you know, – A are- lot of times – a lot of times, we, you know, we're women, so we think about it for men. they're the ones that are. That, Why aren't you listening? But I think about these husbands, and and to to them to listen for a long time about our day and our things. I mean, that is hard for them. It's exhausting for them. My husband James will say, "Do you have any idea?" How? Because men don't get necessarily points in our minds for oh they listen so well and they seem concerned about what I was talking about you know we don't we don't tend to score them like oh good husband points when we do the you know let's say the physical affection at night we think oh we were such a good wife we're like doing so good for our husband but we don't recognize that when they do the things like. Trying to listen to us and things like that—that's them as this lizard that's normally trying. You know, would you be getting cold? Now all of a sudden, they're trying very hard to stay warm. And listen, yeah, and they you. should get
0: they should get husband points for listening. I love that. Yeah. We're going to focus first um, just on enriching our uh, our lives in terms of our marriages and families. And this is your area of expertise. Just real quickly, what? Why do you have such a passion for this? You've written a lot of yeah. books about this topic.
9: Yeah. You know, I think that when people grow up, whether they're adults or they're children, and you are in a home environment that is loving, nurturing, stable, secure, I mean, think of what kind of jump that gives you in life. You know, if you're having a hard day at work, but you know I'm going to come home, and my home life, like my spouse, is going to love me, is going to take care of me, is going to make me feel secure, I mean, how awesome is that, versus, oh, man, I had a terrible day at work, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to argue with my spouse, and we're in trouble all the time. I mean, that so changes your life.
5: Mm-hmm. And I look at
9: my children. I've got three kids. They're 6, 9, and 11. And if they're growing up in a home where there's love and there's laughter, and it's not the absence of problems, but it's being able to confront those problems in love and working things out, if they have that security, it's so different than their counter counterpart classmate that has to spend one weekend with dad and one weekend with mom, and it's so hard. So my passion is really to help people say, okay, if if God is who he is and if marriage is what he designed, how can I get better at this? How can mm-hmm. I thrive at this? And, and how can I bless my family? Because it makes such a huge difference in the quality of your life.
0: I agree in the quality of your kids' lives, but yours as well. You know, we think about, oh, it's for the kids. Yes. No, it's for us as well because right. the happier we are, the happier they are and why yeah. not put the effort into the marriage we see so many of these marriages just fall to the ground and they just fall apart because the effort is not put in that in, on them and i'm not making any yeah. judgments i know a lot of people have to get out for very valid reasons but sometimes we just plain and simple give up
9: yes yeah and it's the whole idea that yes there is effort involved but that's okay like, that's how you get good at something, is by putting in effort. And if you have, like, this ho-hum marriage, a boring marriage, you know, kind of like, eh, then you have to ask yourself, well, what's the effort level that I'm putting into this marriage? And most likely, it'll correspond. <laughs> like, if you're putting in very little, you get very little. And if only one partner puts in a lot, but the other one doesn't put in any, eh, it's a little compromise. But that shouldn't stop that one partner from still trying and keep, to keep at it because, eventually that behavior is going to change the heart of that spouse.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the basics that you teach us in 31 Days to a Happy Husband, because I think you are such a giving wife, because I'll never forget at the beginning of the year (laughs) when you told me that every year your husband says to you, so when are you going to take off your Christmas weight? Like, I'm like, he
9: says that to you? (laughs) funny, isn't it? So for you husbands
0: out there, my husband
9: will make you look like an angel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that you're okay with it, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're like, oh yeah, you know, we should look good for our husbands. I'm like, I know, but they're not supposed to say, when are you taking off your Christmas weight? That's
9: so funny. You know, and and part of it too is, you know, there's give and take and there's kind of a a, a vibe for every marriage. You know, I, obviously for some marriages, that's not what you should say as a husband. But in our marriage, this works, you know, he speaks this way and, and I can hear him. And then, you know, I can go out and speak for a weekend and travel, and he can have the kids for four days in a row, no problem. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of the way he gives things that other men, you know, have a hard time giving. I give things that maybe other women, but, and, you know, and then there's other areas we fall short in it. You who are listening, so you you do awesome. So it's all that give and take. But the 31 days for the happy husband, it's really about putting that husband back as that apple of your eye again because Mm -hmm. you know when you're dating and you're seeing him you have this oh wow i'm dreaming about him and then after you've been married a long time we've been married 17 years you're kind of like i need a little space from you once in a while
0: you're dreaming about (laughs) him and how much he irritates you
9: yeah so we have to get in that (laughs) mindset once in a while to do that dream, and so what I've done with the word dream is the D, and these are the things at, from interviewing men that men really need from their wives. Okay. And so the D is domestic tranquility. How can he have a peaceful home to come home to? The R is respect, that a man needs to be respected in his own home. That's a big one the for e, men.
0: Respect is, is huge. a huge one.
9: Yeah, and this other next one is another favorite. It's the E of Eros, and it's that Greek word for passionate love. And then the A is attraction. That's where the Christmas weight comes in, is how can I remain attractive to my husband? And then the M is mutual activities. How can I do things with my husband? Because men love to do things side by side. They like to do activities together while they're fixing the car. They like it if you're, like, hanging out and just chatting with them, handing them a wrench or whatever where we women, we love to just like stare at each other face-to-face and have Bible studies and have coffee together, you know, and we wonder, why does my husband not like to do those things? Well, men tend to like to do things side-by-side.
0: You know, it's so true, because my husband does like to do those fun activities, and he'd love it if I sat there next to the car with, you know, an oil rag and handed him various (laughs) tools that twist and turn, you know, and that, Mm -hmm. you're, and I think I'm his friend, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that he has really other friends. I know that sounds funny when he works, and work, you know, when he's in a place of work, those people like him and consider him a friend, but he really only makes plans with me. He doesn't make plans with any other person. Well, and our kids, of course. So let's start back with the D of dream, uh, domestic tranquility. A husband needs a peaceful haven. And so you say this has to do with when they come home. And I know a lot people are going to say you're 1950s and do you have a bow in your hair and dinner ready and an apron on? You're saying you do Ah. need some tranquility when he gets home. It makes him feel more peaceful. My husband can't stand it when it's messy. Yeah.
9: And that's pretty funny. So just know you listening, I have no bow in my hair and I have not vacuumed before my husband comes in. But I do consider, you know, like what you're thinking of is the invisible and the visible. So by invisible I mean when he comes home is it like, "Hey, how's it going, honey?" You know, or is it this this warmth of, "Oh, you're home." I'm so glad. And it's just, you know, what's going on? What's the atmosphere in the home? And then the visible, of course, is, well, if you've got a lot of young kids in the house or you've got a messy house, then that means, okay, let's get a trail from the garage to the dinner table. (laughs) Right. Get that cleared off for him to go to. But it's just that consideration of... How can we make this pleasant for him? And so even no, if the house something. is a mess, and you
0: have a hard time with that, yeah. and you're really busy with lots of kids and lots of jobs, possibly, yeah. that maybe, like you said, have a nice uh, table set, and as you put a trail from the garage to the table, so that he can, you know, feel some sense of peace and some calm within the house. And I know what you mean about uh, that excitement. Like when I come home, the kids act like they've won the lottery, and I'm the prize. And when Dad comes yeah. home, they're like, "Hey, Dad." And when Mom comes home, it's like, <laughs> "Mommy." they're so excited.
9: Yeah. And, you know, to that point, I had a a husband and wife say, you know, when my husband came home, the wife always had the kids like, whoa, daddy's home, like this big parade, because that's how she would want to be greeted. And she figured that's how he would want to be greeted also. But he was more introverted. And he was kind of like, okay, this is a lot of stimulation. And she realized after years, you know, oh, my husband doesn't want to be greeted this way. My husband wants to be greeted quietly, like he walks in the door and we just go, Hi, Dad. It's so nice to see you. It's great to have you home. And that's it. He didn't want the parade. He didn't want the the parade. Oh, my husband wants the parade.
0: He wants confetti. He wants horns blown. He wants prizes, cupcakes, treats, like whatever goes along with it. He loves the parade.
9: So a lot of it is finding out what does your husband like and how would he feel welcome in your home and the attitude and that demeanor of, honey, I want this to be a haven for you, a refuge for you. Because work can be a hard place. Being out of work can be a hard place. All these different things. And so for your husband, when he thinks of, oh, good, I get to go home, that he'd say this is a place where I feel welcome and I feel loved.
0: I like that. Okay, so domestic tranquility. Uh, and there's the visible and invisible, making him feel loved, knowing what he wants, what he enjoys. I remember once being at a retreat with my husband, and he said, I just wish you'd have something for dinner on the table. I was like, what? Like he makes like the most weird concoctions for dinner. Like it's nothing that the rest of us would eat. And it has sauces and all these weird things mixed in it. And then he takes hot sauces and mayonnaise and pickles and onions and mixes them up and makes (laughs) sauces. And I'm like, but we don't even like know what it is you make, let alone like I can't make it. And so what I've learned is, i make what goes into that so i have like the chicken prepared and i have like the onion sliced and i get the mayo out and then some kind of bread and then he makes his concoction so i've learned that i just make we make like whatever it is he wants to we do the prep for him we're like the food prep people yeah and then 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 he's happy then he makes his his concoction and his little you know it's like a witch stirring a brew i have no idea what's what goes in those (laughs) sauces the question is, do your children eat that? <laughs> no, he offers them $20. That's like the joke. Come on, $20 if you try daddy's sauce. Come on, try his dippy sauce, <laughs> $20. And you know it's always got some horrible hot something in it, you know?
9: <laughs> that is hysterical.
0: <laughs> $20, $20. The kids would be rich if they ever tried it. Okay, so we've got um, the D of dream. Okay, now what? Uh, let's go on to the R.
9: Yeah, that R of respect, as you were saying, is so important for that man to feel respected. For that man to say, "My words have weight." You know, if I say something, it's not like I'm flippantly told, "Well, that will never work, dear," or "That's a crazy idea, dear," or "We could never do that." Or so judging them about their I,
0: work, we can't judge them and say, yeah. "Well, I can't believe you let him give away the." Why don't you tell your boss how you really feel? Well, if they don't respect respect you at work, you're never going to get a raise. No, no, no. That's like um, that's like putting a fi- like a, 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 a a fire truck, um, calling a fire truck to your marriage and putting the fire of your love out if you disrespect yeah. your husband, particularly when it comes to work. But also, I think home man- manners, financial manners. I'm not saying we women don't get a say, but if they feel you yeah. don't believe in them, you don't respect them. And I've heard many yeah. women say, well, they don't they have to earn my respect. Could you go first and show them respect to see if they could live up to that um, you know, level of respect?
9: And, you know, the co- the complementary question to that is, okay, well, then, if they're going to earn the respect, then you have to earn their love. And what did you do to earn their love today? And you're going to be like, I don't have to do a thing to earn their love. I'm me. They should love me as I am. And it's the same thing for men, for that respect, that they want to be inherently respected for being that man, the man you chose to marry, the man you believed in. So it's not like you get stuck with someone that you're like, I can't respect this man <laughs> This is the man that you chose, and it's this idea of going back. I remember my husband looking back at you know when we were dating, and he said, you know, somewhat wistfully, "I was Superman then; I could do anything." You know, in your eyes, and, and it really made me think that's the that's that attitude that men so need—that admiration of a woman believing in them against all odds, even when you know saying when things are good and when things are bad. But a woman believing in a man and saying, "Honey," I totally believe in your judgment. I totally believe you'll make the right decision. I believe you're going to rise to the occasion. Even if we don't feel like saying those words, and then for us to be willing to go to the ends of the earth with this man, if he says, okay, well, that means we're going to have to pack up and move to Jersey, you know, or whatever it is, that we say, okay, I believe in you, and I believe that by, by working with you, God will meet my needs.
0: Right, and you're right. We, we chose that man, but we also chose that man in many cases to be the father of our children. Yeah. not just as a spouse, but as the father of our children. So, uh, you know, g- show him that respect. And also y- your children are learning how to treat their spouse by watching you and your yeah. behavior. Or, right, you know, I always get embarrassed by the um, S-E-X talk. I don't know if people can spell it. Sure. They'll figure that one out. So there's the uh, dream uh, is D, domestic yeah. tranquility, R for respect, and then E, the eros, the, the, yeah. the romance. The romance. And, you
9: know, and it's this little, for women, it's this thing that's got to click in our mind to understand, okay, the way that we feel so loved when our husband listens to us and, you know, cares about us and we feel so appreciated, appreciated, that's how when we take time and we are not just like, okay, you know, here's my body. I know it's important to you. Let's go do this thing. But instead we with joy say, Oh, I'm so glad that we get to be together because that communicates to him Oh, I'm so loved, and we are connected, and she's so attracted to me, that it's so important for the man. So I think that when we can understand this is how he feels loved, and even though we may start, like, it's the end of the day, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired, and I hope he doesn't look at me with those googly eyes. and then he doesn't look eyes. At you with, the, with the googly eyes, but you know what he's thinking, you know. And you think, oh, brother. And, you know, somebody that I interviewed that was so helpful, Cliff and Joyce Penner, they're sex therapists, they've been therapists for over 40 years, and they just talked about how that nothing turns on a man like a turned-on woman, you know. And I was so embarrassed when I was on the phone with them. I'm like, oh, dear, thank you for the answer of that question. (laughs) But this idea for the woman to say, I'm not just here because I know it's good for you. But I'm here because it's good
0: for me, too. And that and, well, and and that, plays, man, that plays in with the attraction. We only have like four minutes left. To so that plays in with the attraction. A yeah. husband needs to be attracted to his wife, and a lot of people don't like to hear that. Yeah. And they're like, well, he should love me no matter how, how I look or whether I do my makeup or whether I... Well, aren't we more attracted to them if they take care of themselves? Let's be honest. Sure.
9: Yeah, and I love what Willard Harley says. I always go back to that. By being attractive, it's calling a woman to look reasonably close to the woman that your husband married. (laughs) So it's kind of like try to hang on to that best version of yourself through the years. And, you know, if you do the best that you can to be healthy... to put on lipstick, you know, comb your hair, whatever, you're gonna not only look
0: good to him, you're gonna feel better yourself. You are cracking me up up. (laughs) to look reasonably close to the way that you look when he married you. Reasonably. All right. And then mutual activities, I think a lot of people forget to have fun with their spouse. That's one I'm very good at. Like I'm great at the adventures and the fun and planning things and you know activities and you know driving to a lake in the mountains and going for a hike with the kids and oh I love all those adventures. So mutual activities, but it's not just what you want to do. It's actually, like, when he wants to go, as I've told you before, like, the four-wheel jeeping and the monster jeep up in right. the And he has that really loud, uh, really creepy horn that's like, <laughs> whatever it does that, like, everyone looks and then you try to hide in the back. Oh, that's so funny. But see how
9: that totally, that puts you together. When you and your husband have all these crazy adventures and you do these things, that brings you together. And I know a lot of wives are, they're... Either unwilling because it's like, well, I don't know how to do that. And what I would say is just, it's better for you just to be there and do something poorly, but just show up and try it than to say, like, well, I can't do it. As long as it's not dangerous to you. So oh, of
0: my girlfriend just got off re- a mountain or something. Yeah, yeah, my, my girlfriend just got remarried uh, like about a year ago, and uh, her husband had lost his wife of like 40 years. Uh, and Mm -hmm. so he got remarried and she'd never golfed. And so she's taking lessons. She has the little clothes. She has the little shoes, the little cap, you know, they travel all over the country. Like if I, if I got taken to like Pismo or pebble beach or whatever to to golf, I think I'd want to learn too, but she's doing it because of him. And like, sometimes I I think they do even bowling. Like she never bowled, you know, so she's doing all these things for the first time, Um, Later in her life, she's not a kid um, because it makes him happy.
9: Yeah. And those activities, they'll bring them closer together as a couple. And if she shows up to bowling and she does these things and she will realize, you know, I don't love it as much as him, but I can do this. And still like it for the time spent together. And it will mean the world to him that, wow, my wife is trying to learn these things because she wants to be with me. And that speaks volumes to him. So it is important to have mutual activities together. We're
0: almost out of time, but I I do want to uh, recount something you told me recently. You said you took out all these old movies of you and your husband while you were dating to remember how crazy you were about him. And you're like, wow, I was crazy about him. And didn't you like interview him or say something or something in these old movies?
9: Yeah, we would talk about, because in the back of my mind, I thought someday we might get married. So I'd ask him like, what did we do on our date? And... What do you think about this? You, you
2: know, so interviewed him. Those, I yeah, love it. Yeah, it funny to have
9: those little memories together. All uh, right. Very cheesy, but very
0: fun. 31 days to a happy husband. How do they find your website, Arlene?
9: Arlene com, And you can take a quiz, do I have a happy husband?
0: Oh, a quiz. Thank you, Arlene.
2: to any of the YMCA of the Rockies locations to fill your days and nights with our exciting and educational programs and activities. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we put Christian principles into practice with our fun and informative programs, and our facilities are located in stunning environments that help build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. We also provide conferences of a religious, educational, or recreational nature, and we specialize in offering traditional summer camping experiences for boys and girls. At the YMCA of the Rockies every season brings affordable fun and excitement for the entire family. YMCA of the Rockies has locations near Winter Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, and Grand Lake. Go to ymcaoftherockies.org. Whether you are looking for adventure, a better way to connect with your family, or just a relaxing stroll, we can set you on your way. That's ymcaoftherockies.org. Welcome back to the good news.
0: Well, fetal surgery can save and improve the lives of thousands of children worldwide. Joining us again is Dr. Scott Adzik, Surgeon-in-Chief at Children's Hospital in Philadelphia. Welcome back, doctor.
8: It's nice to be with you, Angie.
0: All right. So we, we have had many discussions in the past, and I'm astounded at what you can do uh, You know, while the child is still in the womb. So let's start with how many babies each year are born uh, with birth defects?
8: Well, In the U.S., it's amazing. Nearly 150,000 babies are born uh, with birth defects in the U.S., many with conditions so rare. Most parents and even some clinicians uh, haven't heard of them. Too often, these families aren't made aware of the treatments available at a place like our Center for Fetal Diagnosis and Treatment in Philadelphia and they're left feeling overwhelmed with few options. If you look at the math, one in 33 babies is born with a birth defect, so they're amazingly common. They're costly, birth defects cost billions of dollars Mm -hmm. required for medical treatment. They're merciless, no parent is immune, mysterious. Most causes of birth defects are unknown, unfortunately. They're overlooked overlooked in my view, research is underfunded, and most importantly, birth defects are deadly. They're the leading cause of infant mortality.
0: So what types of conditions can you as a doctor and other surgeons like yourself um, actually, you know, uh, help out prior to the baby even being born? So you do the surgery while the baby's still in the womb. What types of conditions can be helped?
8: Well, in terms of uh, clinical volume, we'll, we'll evaluate about 2,000 pregnant mothers carrying birth defects a year, and we'll do about 200 fetal surgery operations. So only about 10% of our referrals require an operation before birth. And there's three groups of fetal interventions. One group involves putting shunt tubes under ultrasound guidance into fluid collections, either around the lung or a blocked urinary tract, putting a tube in the bladder, for example. The second category involves fetoscopy, putting a scope through the mother's abdominal wall into the uterus, and the most common condition treated with fetoscopy is called twin-twin transfusion syndrome, or TTTS for short. So identical twins, separate amniotic sacs, but only one shared placenta. And the anatomic situation with the blood vessels are one twin gets too much blood and goes into heart failure and the other gets not enough blood and goes into kidney failure and both will die unless you do fetoscopy, put the scope in, visualize the placenta, and use a laser to occlude those culprit blood vessels. So that's fetoscopy. The third category is open fetal surgery, which where the mother goes to sleep, we open her abdomen, we open the uterus with a specialized uterine stapling device, and we actually repair the birth defect Before birth, and the most common operation that we do to repair before birth is spina bifida. Spina bifida occurs when the the coverings around the spinal cord don't form normally by four to six weeks gestation, and as a result, particularly during the third trimester, the exposed nerves and spinal cord are progressively damaged by amniotic fluid, which is mostly fetal urine. So fetal urine is very toxic to those nerves. So spina bifida kids, depending on how high on the spinal cord the lesion goes, are those who are wheelchair-bound and have hydrocephalus and require a shunt tube to drain fluid from the brain into the abdomen. And now we can treat that before birth and markedly enhance the chances that the baby or the child will be able to walk eventually and decrease the the need for one of those shunt tubes.
0: I just think that's fascinating. You told me once that Uh, one of the most moving experiences for you was this reunion that you have at the hospital where you you actually saw kids tossing a football that you had operated um, on in the womb. And I believe in that case, it was spina bifida and that these kids were uh, leading wonderful, normal lives. And as you and I both know, that diagnosis, sometimes women are told, like my girlfriend, your baby has spina bifida. When would you like to schedule to terminate the pregnancy? And that is not necessary to terminate the pregnancy. These are children that can be helped and saved and lived and live wonderful lives.
8: That's true. Now, now we we can provide uh, a variety of treatment options for patients with very, very good information. And you, you mentioned each year. In June, we have a fetal family reunion where patients—most local, some are regional, and some, uh, you know, come from around around the U.S.—back for a day of celebration. So last year, we had 2,000 people there for this day of celebration, which is a lot of fun to see. It's truly inspiring to see so many children who, as babies, likely could have died or. Been severely disabled, running around and growing up healthy and strong. It's just amazing.
0: It is amazing. Always enjoy talking to you, Doctor. Uh, What a blessing you are and the work you do. Uh, It it helps so many people live wonderful lives and obviously uh, helpful to the parents emotionally, too, to have that surgery in the womb under their belts done while they're still pregnant and then have that peace of mind knowing that their child is going to be born and have a much greater chance of survival and living a happy, healthy life. Where do we go for more info, doctor?
8: Well, our website's pretty good. Uh, that would be fetal surgery one word, dot chop, C-H-O-P dot E-D-U. So fetalsurgery.chop.edu.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Adzik. A real blessing to have you on the show.
1: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com